Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up on a Monday, Sports Talk Mississippi? Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. Richard Stilloff, which, which is fine. It's better than fine. We're going to have a really good time with you on this Monday. Don't forget, you want to be a part of the conversation, you can do so on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395, and all guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Brian Haydad, what's up on a Monday? Oh, not much. Uh, just another another week here in uh, in paradise as, as we continue to inch forward towards something, we hope, at the end of all this. We'll find out. <laughs> this is sports week, sort of. So we've had the PGA Tour, and that's been good. I've watched more golf than I usually do, especially non-majors. John Rahm won yesterday. Maybe we'll get into the controversy about the penalty that he took and whether or not it should have been a penalty later on. Uh, but the golf has been good. Uh, the NASCAR has been good. We've talked some NASCAR here. But the sports that you, you guys really, truly care about start this week. We get Major League Baseball this week. We get, I don't know if you really, truly care about this one, NBA next week, and then NFL training camp begins here this week. So things are starting to kind of work their way back into some semblance of regularity. Now, they're going to look different, really different, but it is sports week. That is happening this week. Major League Baseball will be played regular season games this week. The four-month-plus hiatus, the longest in history we've gone without sports on the calendar is over this week. Well, I mean, only people who aren't paying attention have gone without sports. I've been watching sports for the last, like, two months. I'm just saying, you know. Can't forget about Chelsea. Uh, you cannot. Cannot. Did they win but this yeah, weekend? They did. They did. They will advance to the FA Cup Finals against Arsenal. Uh, but anyway, I saw some people tweeting. I guess MLB had, I don't know, exhibition doesn't seem like the right word when there's no fans there. But there were games, you know, scrimmages, call them what you will, this weekend. And people, Twitter was ablaze with people like, I don't even care. I don't care <laughs> that this is, I just, it's baseball. It's happening. So people were excited about that. and I am too, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching. I did see some ratings numbers for those games. And in some markets, they were up 500% year over year in comparison to a regular season game from last year. That's crazy. But, I mean, that's where we are. I mean, you know, if you go hungry for a month and somebody hands you a Subway turkey sandwich, man, you'll think that's filet. I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's, it just is what it is at this point. We're, we're dying for sports, so 
We'll watch whatever you can put on television. I'm actually glad that got brought up because I saved this, uh, didn't put it in the actual show notes just because it's a couple of tweets, but uh, ESPN uh, has somebody uh, that, they call it Flora. I, I don't know if it's an actual person or if it's their research algorithm. Either way, um, Flora at ESPN, their research uh, team, oh, it's an actual person. Okay, I feel really bad now. I just because I've never seen them before on the platforms or like anything other than the name Flora, figured it was like, I don't know, whatever they called their testing. Either way, uh, this is from ESPN's research team about fan data and stuff like that. 64% of fans say the prolonged suspension of live sports has driven a greater appreciation for them among avid fans. 84% feel the same. 78% of people support leagues resuming without fans in attendance, and that is a double-digit increase from March. Uh, so yeah. people are itching for sports to come back, and um, according to their most recent survey, 59% of fans say that they can't wait to see sports back on TV and plan to watch as much as they possibly can when sports do come back. So when you're looking at NBA, which does okay nationally, they expect a significant increase in numbers from people that have never watched it before because at least it's something. Same thing with the baseball restart uh, coming. They never stopped. Uh, The baseball start coming up this week, they expect massive numbers from non-baseball fans just because it's sports, and they'll learn to like it for a little while. We talked so much last year about the decrease in attendance in, in like college football. That's going to go away, I think. I, I, I think if, if you could, you could play state at 11 a.m. on that first Saturday in 110-degree heat and 97% humidity, and there'd be 63,000 people in that stadium if you could pull yep. it off. People are going to be dying, no, no pun intended, but trying to get back into uh, – Stadiums like never before. I, I think they're, you're going to see a big boost in live attendance for sporting events uh, when, when they do allow fans back into the stadiums. And uh, just news breaking. So the NFL is supposed to start training camp this week. They're, they're bringing rookies in this week without an agreement. So they're doing some back-and-forth negotiating, mostly centered around the protocols and coronavirus stuff. Nobody seems to be worried about the financials. It's mostly coming into a, a safe-to-play agreement. And uh, the NFL has just agreed with their Players Association that the, they will be tested every single day. That was one of the hang-ups that the teams didn't really want to pay for that or didn't find it necessary, but the players asked for it. So today there's been some back and forth, and that was a big hurdle that they needed to get over, and they've seemingly gotten over it. They will test their players every day, which means training camp is going to start as usual, and even though the preseason will only be one game at most, the NFL is going to at least try to start on time. Yeah, I mean, and it was sort of interesting all weekend that people sort of bashing the NFL about how you've had all this time to get ready and you're not ready. Uh, but apparently they, 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 they were able to kick it into high gear and get this going. And, uh, yeah, football. If nothing else, I don't know about high school, college, I don't know. The NFL is going to play. They are going to play football this fall in the NFL. There is zero question about that for me. A couple of texts, and then I want to tell a story. Mike in Oxford asked about that new Major League Baseball team, the Buffalo Blue Jays. Well, Mike, there's actually a problem with that even. Uh, So in case you missed it over the weekend, uh, Canada, basically, uh, but the city of Toronto has decided that they're not welcoming Blue Jays home games. 
So the Blue Jays have to find a new place to play, and it has to be in America because there's issues with crossing the border and, and all that stuff. So the Blue Jays are looking for a new home. Most people thought the easiest place for them to go would be to Buffalo. It's very close to Toronto. They've got a, a fan base there. There's a nice minor league ballpark there. There's a problem with playing in Buffalo, though. Turns out, Major League Baseball has a minimum lighting standard and locker room standard to put on Major League Baseball games. And there is not a single minor league park in the country that has the lighting standard to put on Major League Baseball broadcast. And so they're looking for a new home, potentially in Pittsburgh, to just share the park with the Pirates, or they're going to maybe get Buffalo or a different minor league park to add temporary lighting and do whatever they can, but they have to make alterations to their stadium to play home games in Buffalo because their lights don't meet the the minimum standard of lights for a Major League Baseball broadcast, if you can believe that. They, they, they don't need to go in all these low-rent minor league stadiums. They need to find, I don't know, a stadium that costs like $68 million and play <laughs> baseball there. I bet that baseball stadium would be happy to walk up them. I wonder what that, would, what that would cost. If John Cohen were to call the Toronto Blue Jays and say, you can come here and play, what would that bill be for Mississippi State, I wonder? High? It would be high. I mean, to, The marketing, to people, though, would be awesome. Oh, it would be incredible, you know. The, I mean, it would it would solidify that outside of ML, MLB, the best park in the country is Diddy Noble Field. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of things that work for that. It's, it's a funny story. It's not going to happen, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, I think we would have a lot of fun with that, for sure. Oh, I, I would. I'd be covering Major League <laughs> Baseball. What are you talking about? Johnny in West Point asks, what's the deal with Dak's contract? So, Johnny, here's where everything stands now. Um, they negotiated, but it doesn't seem like they really negotiated. It sounds like they couldn't really get to a point where a deal could be signed, so uh, the Cowboys put the franchise tag on him. And what that does is that gives Dak a one-year contract with the team, basically, that he can't say no to. The franchise tag binds the player with the team for just one year, and the team can only offer one franchise tag. And it also pays Dak... What is it, the average of the top five highest-paid yeah. players at his position? So that's over, yeah. what is it, $31 million? It's, it's like 31 this and a half this year, yeah. 31 and, so and a half. It, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a Cowboy forever or, or anything like that. It just means they couldn't come to an agreement before the deadline this season. So he got the franchise tag, which means he gets a nice salary for this year. But since they didn't come to a deal, he is kind of gambling on himself. It has worked out for the only two quarterbacks that have played on a franchise tag before. Kirk Cousins did it twice, got a huge contract. Drew Brees did it, lost his job, but that paved the way for him to get to New Orleans, and the rest is history. So, not very common for a quarterback, but nice little paycheck for one year for Dak Prescott, if nothing else. Yeah, and he's got a chance to do the tender again next year if they don't want to sign him. He could make, with the Mahomes deal... Jacking it up could make 34, 35 million next year. That would be nice. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. So, a quick story, then I have a question. And I want to hear from you as well. 601 879 4395. Text the show. So, I got into the office today and there was a, a small package, really small package, probably the size of two checkbooks 
aligned with each other. You know, pretty small. And the return address, and whoever sent it to me, uh, is in China. It was a China address from some weird Chinese language company, and that was it. So I opened the package, and it is a onesie. It's a baby onesie, like for my son. And on the inside, there was there was no note or anything, but just another like label that had the address that was just in Chinese, and the location was in China. So either um, somebody in China got my information from social media or something and wanted to send me a gift, or it was from a listener. And so if that's you, first of all, thank you, and I appreciate that very much. Um, and thanks for listening from China, I guess. I think it's our P1... One of the OGs listening to this show. I think it's from Jason, but there, there's no... There, it didn't come from America, so I have no idea how it got to me or who it came from. But if it's you, Jason, thank you. It's awesome. I can't wait for him to wear it. If it's not you, then I hope it doesn't have some kind of mind control on it. Either way, it got me thinking about something. And here's the question I want to hear from you. Your off-topic sports poll of the day. What is the worst gift you ever received? I am not talking about what I received today. It's great. But it reminded me of something I got in college. But what is the worst gift you have ever been given? Worst present you've ever received? Ooh, I'm trying to think. I have to think about it. I, 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 don't, I don't have one. And I kind of put I, you I on the spot pre- here. Well, I'm, I'm feeling I must be pretty lucky that nothing's just coming right out. Like, oh, yeah, it was clearly this. You know, and nothing is just like... You know, I don't. I don't remember a, uh, a, a a real stinker in there. I guess I've been pretty good at that. I've been pretty lucky with that in my my life. If I, if something occurs to me though, I will throw it out. So, well, tell yours. You said you you got one already. Yeah, loaded. I, I was I was casually dating a girl in college that got me a shirt. And when I tell you that it is the worst shirt that I have ever seen, I'm not being sarcastic or hyperbolic. It was the worst shirt I've ever seen. It was like something that you would see a a sketchy uh, club owner in Miami would have on. It was like, (laughs) (laughs) it had buttons, but they only got up to like mid chest. You know, they didn't button up to the neck. They only stopped there. And the, the hole of the shirt was so wide open that it barely rested on my shoulders. So there was nothing but just chest hanging out of this shirt. And it was shiny. It was like this silk, like kind of, like when you look at it, it's shiny, but it like almost feels shiny. If that makes sense. No, and I it had it had purple and blue and yellow and like this just bizarre pattern that you would see at like a Vegas like flamingo show or something. And she gave that to me and then asked me to wear it when we went out one night. I did not. Because luckily for me, it was cold. But we stopped seeing each other shortly after that. Because you either think that that is my style or you want me to become that person. And either one is wrong. So I don't know if this was going to work out. But yeah. Don't still don't happen to still own the shirt, do you? Uh, no, I, um, we had a bonfire and it ended up that's in there. That's a shame. Uh, I, that's a shame we could have. Would have liked to have seen that, but oh well. I mean, I, yeah. you know how people get like dancing lessons before their wedding? 
It's the kind yeah. of shirt that I would have expected our dancing instructor to have on while he teaches us salsa. <laughs> Michael Borky, the nightclub owner. I, need, I, I can picture it. I can picture it. I'm trying to. You, you need a little be a little tanner, you know. Yeah, maybe your hair a little darker. I don't know. I've never been tan. I just I just become red. Well, yeah, I get that. I, I believe that. Tex, that well, shirt had to be a joke, right? Man, I wish it was. I'm telling you, she was like, you know, your styles. She said, it, your style's kind of like dad, you know, and and you're you're 20, and you know it, things are changing a little bit. I just think you would look good with a more modern look. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, couple of gold chains. Oh man, it would have been perfect. Hey, three or four yeah. of them. Why not? Do you have the chest hair to pull that off? That's Absolutely not, man. I don't have the facial uh. hair. I, like I, I, I didn't shave in four days, and like it finally started showing up. Like really showing up to where you noticed it if you looked at me. I've got the the body hair of like sixteen year old me hasn't changed at all. God, gross. Mike in Oxford says a uh, six pack of Slim Fast. Ooh. That's rough. That's a gift. What kind of gift is that? What 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 holiday? Birthday? Christmas? Who's like, hey, happy birthday? I got you some Slim Fast. I mean, a six pack of beer, sure. I uh, I tweeted something a long time ago. Somebody uh, left a, a case of Slim Fast in the break room here in the office on the counter. That's where, like, if especially after Halloween, it's a really good time to hang out in the break room because people bring their leftover Halloween candy yeah. and put it on that counter. Uh, after Thanksgiving, same thing. Somebody left a, a not a six-pack, it was like a big case of SlimFest in the break room in the office, and they, they left a note. They were being nice, but they left a note. It was like, uh, free for anyone who wants it. And I took a picture and tweeted, is somebody in the office trying to tell us something? A bunch of fatties <laughs> like, up there. What are you trying to say? If I ever come in and find that on my desk, I, I'm going to be unhappy. Jeremy and Jackson, oh, I can't read that, man, but you uh, <laughs> got a laugh out of me. Uh, Steve-O says, a West Ham kit, 1977 birthday present. It's never good to get a West Ham kit, ever, under any circumstance. Is Trevor Bookings like a good player for West Ham? No idea who that is. So, so I'm going to say no. Somebody says fruitcake. Oh, why would you? Have you see? I've had one once in my life, and that was enough. Like, do people it's actually ask for that? And like, some people like fruitcake. My my aunt makes fruitcake cookies, and they are good. But fruitcake in and of itself is not good. <laughs> Caleb says modern is fine. Modern family is not. Um, <laughs> Bob says that shirt definitely came off the clearance rack. Well. I, you would think that, but th this was the type of, of person, and you all know that person, where uh, when they went to college, Daddy gave her an Amex, and there's no possible way she could have run it to its limit. So I, if I had to guess, that was going to be like a $300 shirt. Like, it came from somewhere super nice. So there was, there was some, you know, hey, I really like this guy. I'm going to buy him a nice gift. It yeah. was just... Poor execution. The plan was good. The execution was poor. Exactly. And like I said, we stopped seeing each other shortly thereafter that. I mean, it was just uh, 
one of those things where this isn't a mistake. This is a choice. And you're going to see her one day, just wherever <laughs> she's going to be walking arm in arm with some dude in a terrible shirt. Yeah, find your way. Hal says he has one of those, and he breaks it out when he's feeling saucy. <laughs> he said he once got a big pen and a pencil set, and a cross pen and pencil set box. Ooh, oh, that's rough. That's not good at all. Johnny says I should have gotten a gold chain to go with that shirt. You should have, yeah. Richard and Wiggins says Slim Fast is great with ice cream. <laughs> Most things are going to be great with ice cream, you would think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we get a text here that says, I got a shirt that read single, but an acronym. Sorry, individual not getting enough. Oh, man. Yeah. Michael Exotic. They could have been you. <laughs> you could have been the Tiger King. That, see, uh, thank you. Is that's that the shirt? shirt? That's the kind of shirt that it was. It was a <laughs> Tiger King shirt. That, that's the best description. I just want to picture you like with that shirt on, tucked into a pair of flat front khakis with some Doc Siders on. Like, I wanted to keep my style, but, you know, I, I got the shirt. Pat Oxford says he got a gold chain with a matching bracelet. He looked like a Mr. T reject. It was terrible. <laughs> y'all, y'all have uh, y'all have had some rough some rough holidays, guys. Oh man, no baked fruit cake is excellent. I see, just fruit and then cake combined. It's just you know I the like concept strawberry of cake. It. Strawberry cake is good if it's cooked right. Yeah. yeah, or made right, I should say. Yeah, it's good. Mike says uh, Slim Fast is pretty good with vodka and Kahlua as well. So what, with milk, it's a white Russian. What is it with, with those? <laughs> <laughs> Call it the Putin. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Oh, man. Some good news I will share with you next on the coronavirus front. Some very good news broke this morning. Knock on wood. And I'll tell you what that is next. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. Evan says you guys are cracking me up. He loves when Richard's out because we'll talk about Black Panther sightings again. I'm all for it. I did watch a YouTube video of a guy that has a wildlife sanctuary, and he did, in fact, have Black Panthers. So there you go. I watched Black Panther Friday night. It was on TNT. Great movie. Yeah. My YouTube suggestions are all over the map, man. I mean, they, they are from, like... 1977 full Led Zeppelin concert type stuff to animal sanctuaries to how to clean your fish tank without draining the water. Like, those are all of my suggested videos. It doesn't make any sense at all, but uh, we can talk about that if you want. We can talk about anything you want. Send us a text, 601-879-4395. I don't want to waste any time, though. This good news, it broke early this morning. About 8.30 or so is when this news broke on the coronavirus. So that vaccine we were talking about a while ago from Oxford University um, has hit another milestone and a very good one. So preliminary results of a human trial for the vaccine that is being developed by the University of Oxford suggest that it is safe and induces an immune response. 
Now, the vaccine provoked an antibody response within 28 days and a T-cell response within 14 days, according to they released that information this morning. And the difference between the one we talked about, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, in this one is the one that's being developed here in the States is just antibody. This one has both, which makes this one, you're, you're more hopeful that this is the one that ends up working. But the important step today, not only did they find uh, antibodies and T-cells, they learned in the first stage of this human trial that taking the vaccine is not worse than the disease itself. So although there were some people that showed mild symptoms like fatigue or headache, um, and then also people that get shots sometimes feel pain around the, the site of the shot itself, that's it. So they have deemed it safe to take, even if it is, let's say, not 100% effective on stopping the virus, it won't get you sicker than the virus itself. That's what they learned today in a trial that included Almost 1,100 people, 1,077 people, 18 to 55 with no history of having coronavirus. Uh, Half took the vaccine, half took a placebo, and they have learned that the vaccine does work. So they're still pushing forward with a early to mid-fall timeline to start distributing the vaccine through the United Kingdom and then beyond across the world. So that was huge news this morning. Another human trial getting results they're looking for doesn't make you sicker, according to Oxford University, and boom, they're talking like September, early October for it to start being distributed if the second half of this human trial goes as well as the first half. So in really, really good, positive news that we got this morning, thanks to our friends in England. Sounds good to me. We do I'm excited. A, do get a text that says, you can have mine. Well, you can have mine, too. It, it just... That's what will be the difference between us getting life back to normal or not, is the presence of an available vaccine, even if you choose not to take it. We'll only cost $140,000 here in America (laughs) for one shot. Oh, man. Uh, So, yeah, really good news. I did see that uh, Dwight Howard is an anti-vaxxer. Oh, my God. And somebody was, I said something about that. People were like, oh, you can't have an opinion. No, you can't. Not when it comes to that. When people say, like, I don't believe it, it's not, you know, it's not unicorns or the Loch Ness Monster, all right? You're not allowed to, it's, it's not a believe-in kind of thing. You can believe in the Loch Ness Monster. I don't really care about that. If you don't believe in science, eh. And I know he so. didn't go to college. He was one of the, the ones before the one-and-done rule Yeah, happened, but he's been so. around long enough to be world-wise and be smart enough to know better. Does somebody not sit him down and say, hey, Dwight? Google polio. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it wasn't that he was talking about this vaccine, because that's different. Like, I, I, well, I'm not going to take it. He didn't understand how an airborne virus worked. He was talking about how, like, coronavirus was coming out of the air and attacking people. Like, <laughs> Dwight, just God. shut up and block. Look, I'm not a shut up and dribble kind of guy, but may, but if you're a dummy, just shut up and dribble. Oh, man, you got kamikaze coronavirus flying around right now. It just picks people, <laughs> dives on them, and boom, there's an infection. Look out! It's <laughs> coronavirus! Yeah, that's he said he doesn't believe in them, like, in totality. Uh, I mean, come on, man. Just... We need to take the internet away from some people. Yes, I agree with that. And... Dwight Howard's one of them. Uh, speaking to that Oxford vaccine, if you're a Twitter user, follow Three Year Letterman. 
don't don't follow through. Follow. Oh my gosh, he was having a field yeah, day today. He's so funny. He's the, he and and tough scene Barry, man. I'm just like I can't, <laughs> I can't with those two guys. So it, I always laugh when when tough scene Barry gets somebody, and I'm just oh like, gosh. come on, guys, take two seconds. Look uh, look for the check mark. Three year Letterman today. So it's a guy that parodies uh, as a youth football coaching legend who has won two championship rings and still wears his letter jacket to his high school football games, and he's a local legend. And the shtick is he will go into people's mentions and say, um, Ben Franklin was the greatest president of all time. I would know I'm a youth football coaching legend. And then when he gets corrected, all of his followers come in and say, Coach, tell him about how you didn't have to finance your waterbed. Coach, tell him about your apartment uh, with a fountain view and your unlimited laser printing privileges and stuff like that. Well, today, after Oxford University announced that, hey, we've made another step in the vaccine direction, he was congratulating Ole Miss. And people would correct him, like, no, Oxford University is in England. He would say, no, it's actually in Mississippi, and they have an SEC championship, so they know what they're doing. And he was getting people so mad for congratulating <laughs> Ole Miss for Oxford University's uh, good coronavirus uh, vaccine moves. It just cracks me up so bad. Yeah, that, that I, I, he, he is one of those guys that sort of shows up on everything. <laughs> Literally Anytime everything. Anytime someone news breaks, he, uh, he, he, he will be there. He, I can leave with it. Tough scene, Barry. And, or I just, like, I can't, I, I just don't like that. I'm, Hog, not, I'm not a big fan. Hogman says, that's why you don't want athletes' opinions on stuff. Uh, and There are just as many people on this earth who aren't athletes who believe are anti-vaxxers. That, yeah. I mean... There was a measles break at a Trailblazers game last season. In reality, Hogman, I don't want anybody's opinion. Y'all should all just listen to me. Yeah, seriously. How much easier would life be? We'll just shut down the text line and, you know, don't don't take yours anymore. But that, that's kind of the thing. Is it, I said this on the Sunday show a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we really talked about it here. But when it comes to what's going on in our country right now and this, this social movement that you've seen – and then what happens when somebody has a dissenting opinion? So when the NBA restarts next week, I'm going to watch every game because I love the NBA. A lot of you don't, but you're going to see messages on the back of jerseys. You're going to see Black Lives Matter on the court, even. Uh, you're going to see that. But you've had people closely affiliated with sports in multiple different places, and then now... a I don't know what you can describe Nick Cannon as. I mean, I guess he's a comedian, but... He's an entertainer. Entertainer. He's, 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 an, entertainer. he's in one of my favorite movies. Yeah, Drumline. Yeah. Uh, when these people speak in open anti-Semitism and they get just a peep of coverage that, say, Drew Brees got, that's where I have a problem. I'm okay with NBA players putting a message on the back of their jersey. doesn't bother me. But if you're going to encourage athletes to speak out politically, you have to be okay when they do the other side. Uh, one of the Bosa brothers, I forget which one, had to delete a bunch of tweets and unfollow people on Twitter because they were conservatives and pro-Trump. Well, that's absurd. If you're going to let players kneel for the national anthem, you have to be okay with whichever Bosa it was. I don't remember. That's a fan of the president. You have to, if you're going to accept one of those, you have to accept 
both of those. So I'm okay with athletes speaking their mind, but I'm okay with all athletes speaking all of their mind. I'm like when Dwight Howard says, I don't believe in vaccines, I'm going to make fun of him because that's ridiculous. But I'm okay with him speaking out because I'm also okay with if there's a conservative player somewhere that says, hey, look, I like Trump's tax policy. I think it was good for me. If a player did that, he would be shut down and canceled, if you will. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says about anything. You can say whatever you want. I make my own decisions in this life. Yeah. So, like, you know, maybe more people should do that. Just if people say what they want to say, I don't care. Say what you want. Say what you want about me. I don't care. And, and then it was so further heightened, the hypocrisy of it all, when James Harden wore a face covering that he bought just because he thought it was cool. He didn't realize that it was uh, a, a Blue Line police-themed mask, but he bought it. He thought it was cool, didn't think anything of it. Um, he got backlash for wearing that. Yeah. Now th- Think about that. That's... If you want one, you have to accept all or accept none of it. And if you don't do that, you're a hypocrite. I just hate to see that that's what sports has come down to. So we'll get back to less serious stuff. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Just a public service announcement for you as uh, we get this segment started here on Sports Talk. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Uh, 13 counties uh, up until today have been under a mask ordinance from the governor. They have added 10 more. So uh, you already know if you're in one of those 13 counties. Here's 10 more mask ordinance. We don't want you to get in trouble. Uh, so mask up if you are in Bolivar, Covington, Forest, Humphreys, Panola, Sharkey, Simpson, and Tallahatchie. Tate and Walthall counties. Those are your 10. If you haven't heard, that is a new mask ordinance uh, as handed down by executive order from the governor. And also, hey, Dad, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if anybody uh, from the Mississippi State side of things has told you this, but I think the most recent executive order from the governor um, also affects the uh, venues and Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Southern Miss can only operate at a 25% uh, capacity range with the current order yeah. in place. Have you heard that? Oh, well, I mean, John Cohen talked about it in the interview we did with him, uh, or I did with him last week. You can still hear that at supertalk.fm. He talked about how a lot of those decisions are going to get made by, by the government. It's not just going to be Mississippi State saying, yeah, we're open for business. The government's going to have to be the uh, the final say on that. So uh, whether I haven't heard anything specific from Mississippi State, but obviously that, that is going to be the case. And some more good news today that just broke. This is kind of a breaking news day. We haven't had one of these in a while. Um, if the bubble system was going to work, the NBA was going to be the first one for you to find out, and so far, so good. Uh, the most recent round of testing, all 346 NBA players and personnel in the Orlando bubble tested negative for coronavirus. So the bubble is working, it's held up, and not a single player is having to leave the bubble or quarantine because of a positive test. That is fantastic news. Yeah, and like you said, showing that it's going to work. So hopefully the same things can work for baseball, and then as we get into to the NFL, obviously it's not going to work. It can't work for college sports because you can't just tell those guys to stay there. You know they're not employees. But for pro sports, it looks like it's it's very effective. Seth and Flowood says uh, his uh, he said his old lady. I wouldn't call her that, my friend. 
gave me a scrub brush to clean the shower for a Christmas gift, and that was about all he got. What? What? That's not a gift, man. That That's is not a, a gift. That is a message. Yeah. And there's some, there's some rough, people have had it rough out there, man. You know, like, I, I've gotten a shirt that I didn't, you know, I wouldn't, it was not, it's not of the same tier as your shirt. But I've gotten a shirt that I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to wear that very often. But you guys are getting some crap gifts out there. <laughs> I feel bad for y'all. Jason makes a good point. He says a dissenting opinion is fine, but people like Dwight Howard, and he's not the only one, um, anti-vaccine stance and the other guy, Kyrie Irving's flat earth nonsense to the public, there comes a point where the vast majority need to shut that crap down. I agree there. And that's what's happening, more or less. When, when, when really bad opinions get out there, they get shut down, for the most part. And Josh says, if, uh, oh, Josh and Tupelo says, just goes to show that even the coronavirus cannot survive the brutality of an SEC schedule. Hashtag hottie toddy, hashtag visors up. That is a very three year letterman uh, text that you would get right there. <laughs> yeah. We got winners and losers coming up. Also, there is not in the SEC, so no need to worry, but there is dozens, reportedly up to 50 on multiple teams, players threatening boycott of the season if they don't get a 50-50 revenue split. Not NFL players, college football players in a Power 5 conference threatening boycott if they don't get a 50-50 revenue split. We'll talk about that. More things they're demanding coming up. Tell you what league that's from as well and break that all down. There's also a list that came out earlier. The best quarterback rooms in college football. Mississippi State appears on that list, but probably lower than they need to be on a list like that. We've also got some more news. High school football related, college football recruiting related out of California. No high school football this year. They're going to start at the earliest what is it, late December, early January is when they'll start their games with practice in late December. And you've already seen multiple high-profile recruits say, well, I'm not playing then. I'm going to go and finish my schoolwork and enroll early at my college. I'm not playing a month before signing day. Very similar thing to what you would see if college football moved to the spring in relation to the NFL draft also happening in California. Does that affect Mississippi at all? All of that is coming up. Uh, right after winners and losers though, at the top of the hour. So text us yours, 601-879-4395. We're getting to winners and losers next. Uh, a lot of stuff happened this weekend. Bryson DeChambeau went on our losers list on Friday, so he's out. But what are yours from the weekend? Text us, 601-879-4395. A loaded show for you on a Monday, even though we've been, oh, about five months. Almost five months by the time things get started uh, without sports. Glad you're still with us, though. So get your winners and losers ready. We've got a whole lot of stuff coming up for you as we, as we move along the afternoon at Sports Talk Mississippi. Winners and losers are next. Michael Borky, Ryan Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi. You want to be a part of the program, you can. 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395 on the C Spire text line. But C Spire does remind you, 
Please do not text and drive, and all guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. It is Monday. It's just after 4 o'clock. That means it's time for winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Send us yours on the ceasefire text line. Hey, Dad, lead us off. What is uh, your winner for the weekend? I got to go with my boys, right? I got to go with Chelsea. That great win for them this weekend. Uh, they win uh, 3-1 over Manchester United in the FA Cup semifinals. They will play uh, fellow London club Arsenal uh, in a few weeks in the FA Cup final, which will make, uh, if they win four years in a row, they've put some sort of trophy in the case. Also got some news today that Kai Havertz, one of the top players in the Bundesliga, is going to be making the move to West London as well. Chelsea has put together a super team for next year. They're, 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 they're spending that Russian mafia money again. It's all good over there on Southwest Six. What happened to Manchester United? Because I remember, I mean, a long time ago, that used to be the only European soccer yeah. team that anybody ever knew. Are they still like that? Uh, no, I mean, there's a lot of, of, of big clubs now. Back in the day, they just had the best players. They were the ones who were willing to spend the most money. Uh, and now there are you know two or three other clubs like that, Chelsea being one of them. All right. My winner, one of my winners, are Bubbles. So the three sports that are currently trying to enact some kind of a bubble, Major League Soccer, NHL, and the NBA. Major League Soccer, in their most recent round of testing, tested 1,114 people, players, and team personnel. Zero positives. The NHL, they started camp this week, I believe. They're about to return to play. 2,618 tests. Two positives. And the most recent NBA round of testing, 346 tests, zero positives. I'm not going to do that math in my head, but that seems like uh, just around 4,000 tests in the pro sports bubbles with two positive tests. Awesome news. Sports are coming back. No more hang-ups. The bubbles are working. That's a winner for your weekend. It's a good one. I like it. you have any more? As far as winners, I, I think MLB needs to be on there, and it's sort of what you said. But like I said from this past weekend, people t- were tweeting, and they were just going crazy watching baseball this weekend. And, you know, baseball is a sport. They, they really missed a, a big window here. They could have dominated the summer had they been able to come back on, in a reasonable amount of time. But I get the feeling that even with these six, maybe the 60-game season, people are really going to be into it because it's going to be, you know, from the start, it's it's – the closest we've ever seen to, for baseball to be like every game sort of counts. You know, 162-game season, there are going to be games that don't count. 60-game season, you need to start winning quick. Every game will matter. Yeah. I have another winner, John Rom. Now the, the world number one. Uh, I think the second Spaniard of all time to be world number one, if I remember that correctly from watching the broadcast yesterday. But uh, really hard conditions... I mean, it played like a major. Only nine guys under par at the Memorial over the weekend. Played like a major. Tough pins, tough conditions. Dealt with a penalty that may or may not have been justified. I mean, so hey, Dad, he grounded his club in the rough behind the ball, and the ball moved ever, ever so slightly. 
but it may have returned to where it, it anyway you needed a focused in replay that was right on the ball to see that it moved ever so slightly and that technically is a penalty in golf took a two-stroke penalty cruised to the finish and one of John Rahm's biggest uh, question marks was his temperament can he handle the pressures of big tournaments being in the lead on Sunday and things go wrong because he showed in the past that his temperament wasn't really there and you need a good one on a golf course Uh, looks pretty smooth yesterday Two-stroke penalty didn't phase him at all, and he shoots nine under on uh, an almost impossible course, and he's your new world number one. So he didn't shoot a 10 and try to move a fence and have his caddy get in the way of anybody? No, he actually hold the chip, too, which was incredible. There you go. So, yeah, uh, really good stuff. Any loser? Hey, I got one. Uh, ticket scalpers here in Starkville, uh, because today MSU announced they will be going full mobile on their tickets. They will allow for tickets to be printed at home, but the days of you know being mailed a ticket and having an actual ticket, those days are over for, for Mississippi State. And so, you know, if you hear that that noise right there, let me see if I can get it close to the microphone. I don't know. It's the world's tiniest violin playing for <laughs> ticket scalpers, a profession I don't have a whole lot of respect for. They've got to be the only people on earth who can break the law in, in, in just broad daylight and get away with it. Uh, you know, they clog up traffic. They're just annoying to deal with. I can't tell you how many times I've just had an extra ticket, walked over to somebody, and be like, hey, you don't have to pay this guy. Here, have a free ticket. Ooh. Always brings me a lot of joy to do that. Is there, so scalpers, tough luck. Is there an origin to that? Like there, like you got, uh, for lack of a better term, screwed over by a scalper once, and ever since then it's not been... They're just annoying. They're just in the way. I just I don't care for them, you know? We need to ask next time we talk to, to John or Keith how they're going to handle just ticketing in general. Let's say they can only have 25% of their stadium. Uh, so what is that, 15,000 people, give or take? Yeah, it's probably a little less than that, but yeah. Do you make it to where they can't sell their tickets? Like Because you're limiting capacity so much, well, do you distribute tickets to only people that you know are going to show up? Because, I mean, you could really price gouge on a secondary market, and don't you want to make sure that you fill up your allotment of tickets, so then showing up on the secondary might hurt that. I think it would be impossible to keep people from selling. I mean, when you buy something, you, you have the right to sell it. So I don't think that's possible, but I mean, if, if the tickets are sort of are mobile, I mean, it's going to be difficult. You could set it up where, you know, hey, we send you this link. If you forward this link, it, 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 I don't know if the technology is possible, but it, the, the link isn't usable anymore if you wanted to do that. I don't know. My guess is the people who get tickets are going to come to the game, so. You would think so. I mean, you've got to be on think. some kind of special priority level to even get them. Probably, yeah, I mean, yeah. These are the people who who get into the games this year are going to be high up on the uh, the Bulldog Club uh, uh, and Loyalty Foundation list because that uh, this makes sense, right? You got to take care of your high, your high end boosters. Uh, John Starkville says his daughter is the ticket manager at Louisiana Tech. He sent us a picture recently of a mask they distributed. I love Louisiana Tech's logo and color scheme. I think it's great. But anyway, yeah. uh, he said uh, they have a lot of walk-up general admission at their football games, and they're potentially going to uh, get rid of that. That's one of their well, that's things. What, is, that's what Michigan did. They said that uh, there, there would be no general admission this year, that season ticket holders will be the only ones who, who get in. And even then, it's not uh, really a season ticket. It's, you know, 
It's going to be general admission, but not, but not really. That makes sense. Interesting times we're in. I saw, uh, and Jeff points it out, in the state of New Jersey, uh, the Giants and uh, and the Jets, no fans this year. Can't have them. So you'll see in other places, like I suspect the Superdome will have people in it. Um, some places are working it out. Baltimore, they're going to have a very small amount, but they're going to have people. Atlanta, I'd be shocked if they don't have like a half-full stadium with the way their governor's handling everything. That's not a political statement. That's just reality. It seems like they're going to be far more open to having a crowd than Baltimore. But nothing for the Giants or the Jets. No fans this year in the stadium. Same with the Jaguars, I hear, but that's just a natural byproduct of the team. <laughs> oh, man. What, did you give a loser? Did I give – see, it was going to be Dwight Howard, but we already kind of uh, so went we covered down that, that road. Yeah. We covered yeah. that. Um, the Atlanta Braves? I want to spend what, more time tweet? on this than just uh, winners and losers, but – the the chops going away. Oh yeah, so I saw that in the rundown. They got rid of chop on the, the sculpture out in front of the stadium. They're not going to be doing the the fan chop anymore. Feels like that's the not name surprising, is surprising though. That's that's not surprising with, all, with everything that's going on. You, if, if you had to put together a list of things that are going to go, the 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 chop was was pretty high on the list. It's a good question. Can students come to the games? I'm a senior at State, and I lose hope every day that they will allow any students to attend games. I I've, I, I, go ahead. I feel like they will allow students to it. This is just my opinion. They will allow students to attend games, but it's going to probably be on some sort of lottery system. So, And you may not be able to go to maybe more than one or two a, a, in the season. You know, they might do it by senior, junior. You know, seniors have have priority, so on and so forth. And and obviously, it won't be a full student section. I mean, if, yeah. I think the student section at state is maybe like five or six thousand, maybe one thousand, fifteen hundred total. I'm so glad I didn't go to South Carolina for a lot of reasons, but I remember being mind blown that students weren't guaranteed a ticket to every game. I mean, there was a ticket lottery, and like I had buddies that got tickets to one or two games a year. Sometimes, just cut out of dumb luck. Yeah. Uh, that, that's so stupid, but that may have to be the case this year just because. Uh, but we'll see. These are things they don't have to decide just yet, but they kind of have to do it soon. Your winners and losers, 601-879-4395. Let us know. I had a friend text me during the break here. and I don't think he's being hyperbolic. I actually kind of believe this. He said... Man, it feels like the whole world, that's a little hyperbolic, but he said it feels like the whole world needed these bubbles to work out. And that's a little extreme because there are probably people in Mexico that don't care about the American NBA and stuff like that, but boy, it certainly does feel like we needed something good to come. And baseball starting this week is something good. And the NBA starting next week is something good. And the NHL returning, and people have already been able to watch soccer. Just some good news and some level of distraction away from the suck is really just, it's going to help boost my morale. I know that. And probably a lot of yours as well. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, when you talk about these bubbles, I mean, the bubbles around the various soccer leagues around the world, they needed to work because those Germany and England and Italy, they wanted to have their sports back too, and that's the big sport over there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, what, what are you saying? Getting sports back, going back to what Orgeron said the other day, you know, 
you can take it further than football. You can sports are the lifeblood of this country. People want to see sports, and that I think more than anything else is what's going to drive certain people's behavior. There are people who don't want to wear a mask, but they want sports, so they're going to suck it up and wear a mask. And uh, I did see uh, the president did tweet uh, himself with a mask on, and he had a, actually a really funny tagline to it, but uh, also himself encouraging people to wear masks. So if that was the one thing you were holding out on, um, now Trump is all in. So uh, for whatever that's worth to you. Your winners and losers, Kelso and Ocean Springs, the Washington football team, finding more and more ways to embarrass their fans. He's referencing a story that came out in the Washington Post where 15 either female media members or former employees of the team have come out uh, to describe a culture of uh, of sexual assault in some cases and mistreatment of female employees. And um, a lot of people have lost their jobs because of it, which is good. Uh, but Ron Rivera, uh, the new coach there, uh, released a statement, and it was it was kind of funny in a way where he said, um, that's not going to be happening here anymore because my daughter now works for the team. So this th- that culture is gone here, and I found that refreshing and kind of funny. We'll see how it pans out. I mean, if anybody can put a stop to that, it's dad. You would think, but at the same time, I mean – I don't know. Until they have new ownership, I don't know how much things yeah. change for Washington. Casey and Beaumont, it's a really good winner. She says, Mike Leach, or he says, Mike Leach. A friend of mine, granddaughter, has cancer. Coach Leach reached out to them, uh, to the Mississippi State family, to give blood in her name. Thanks, Coach Leach. Her name is Maddie. Oh, that's really nice. That's good stuff, Coach. It's really good stuff. Not that he's listening, but I'm just saying. Yeah, it might be. I know of a certain former coach that was in this state that used to listen all the time. He was a religious listener, shall we say. Yeah, see, I was blocked on Twitter until one day I was filling in, and then magically I was unblocked that day. It's a really funny story. (laughs) Man, Uh, that's that's when I got my first taste of of what he was like. So I, I jokingly tweeted. This was when I was in college, man. This was like 2014, and I had a bunch of buddies at Tennessee and friends of friends that went to Tennessee and... Um, oh gosh, I forget the exact context, but I tweeted a picture or a gif of a rap video and guys throwing money everywhere. And I said, Hugh Freeze, when all the recruits from Tennessee come to town. And this was, I was a nobody. I'm still a nobody, but I was especially a nobody back then. Had no followers at all. And I was just messing with my buddies that are from Tennessee. And the next day I was blocked by Hugh Freeze on Twitter. Fast forward a couple of years later, it's when I first started here, and I'm doing fill-in work because that's what I was at the time, was just a fill-in guy, and I did behind-the-scenes content, and I'm unblocked. There you go. So I had never been blocked by Freeze. And I never added amazing. him either. It was just Hugh Freeze. Oh, was. you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> got to just, just, if you just type Hugh Freeze, he'll, he'll find you. Don't worry. Loser, Bryson DeChambeau for his 10 and temper tantrum on a hole. Winner, me for playing every hole like a PGA Tour played his. Really good. Yeah, there you go. Ed uh, Orgeron, Quinn says, is a winner. I think you think that every day, though, not just today. Yeah, Quinn, you, yeah, that's every day for you. Put Sean Payton on the list, too. 
<laughs> oh, man. Um, loser for me is scalpers. With the new ticket system, they will be non-existent. What a shame. I'm sure they'll find a way. I mean, there's going to be people who can buy digital tickets and, and then sell those or whatever, but... The idea, but the the people who are standing out there in the middle of the room screaming, "I got tickets!" Next, you know, five feet away from a guy who has a sign that says, "I need tickets." One of my favorite things to do. Hey, you need tickets? Yeah, that guy right there has tickets. Just I I, I don't know why I have done that thing. I've done it like a hundred times. It makes me laugh every single time I do it. But but those guys should be you know less of an issue now. We get a text here from the 731. Three out of four days you guys bring up Freeze. That makes the show the loser. Get over it. And reading, I'm going to bring him up every day for the rest of the week now. So, and I understand what you're saying. That's also, that's not true, but whatever. Uh, he does come up pretty frequently because I don't know if you noticed. The head coach at one of the two SEC schools in this state had to resign because there were escort services on his university-issued phone records that he was allowed to redact and just missed them. It was one of the most surprising or or unique stories Speaking of which, in college way. football history, and it happened right here. So, yeah, it's going to come up pretty frequently. Speaking of which, that was three years ago today. Three, oh, yeah, somebody DM'd me on Twitter and, and uh, mentioned that. It was after I recorded the podcast this morning, so I couldn't talk about it. But, yeah, three years ago today is when that story broke. Yeah. Man, I know some. there are some people, um, and I actually was not confronted, but somebody, I guess, recognized me somehow in public and came up to me and said, you guys are too hard on, on him and... And everybody makes mistakes, and I certainly have in my life, and I will continue to make them all the time. It's just, if you ever had personal dealings, directly or indirectly, it shaped the way you thought about the person. And then when that story broke, it it was surprising for some, but not for others, and it was impactful, and people had issues. It was just, it's a very... I'm not describing this well. Uh, polarizing story. <laughs> you aren't. I'm, I'm trying to be as nice as possible. Um, there, there was a front that was put on that wasn't real. Or at least based on personal experiences that some had, it was not real. There was a front that was put on. Um, a lot of people do that. I have, for the better part of a year, pretended like I was okay in my personal life, and I wasn't. It, I've, people do that. He's not immune to that. However, it was one of those stories that you still can't believe happened. So it is going to come up pretty frequently. And I, I'm sorry for some of you that it, that it bothers, but man, it's going to come up. It's always going to come up. And it may never stop, and I'm sorry about that. I'm not sorry. Oh, come on! Tell you, I don't. I'm not sorry at all. I laugh every day. A bunch of your texts have come in, and we'll get to those uh, coming up next year. A lot of people have questions about what stadiums are going to look like, and how schools are going to handle it. And so we're going to try to. A lot of those have come in, so we're going to try to answer those as best we can. Also, this Braves story. Uh, we have a lot of Braves fans around here. We have. 
a, a minor league team here in the state, down the street from where I sit right now, who is a Braves affiliate. They are called the Braves. So what does this mean for them? What's happening here? We'll discuss all that coming up as well as that story I teased a while ago about that certain conference that has a bunch of players that are threatening boycott unless they get a 50-50 revenue split. We will get to all of that coming up this afternoon, I promise. Thank you uh, for being a part of the show and texting in your winners and losers. You can still be a part of the show if you want. 601-879-4395. And Mike. Oh, goodness, Mike. He says, polarizing. It means it rubbed some the wrong way. Well, uh, I'm done. God. Oh, oh Mike. Mike, that's that's fantastic. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, Sports Talk Mississippi. It is great to be with you. Always great to be with you on a Monday. We'll discuss that next. We'll get to your text, brave story, players threatening boycott in that order as we move along on this Monday afternoon. Don't go anywhere. Colin Hattiesburg raises an interesting question. It's more of a statement, but nonetheless. said, I think people are underestimating the fact that watching a game with no fans is going to be very boring. He's a diehard football fan, but he's not going to watch if nobody's at the game. What do you think about that? I don't believe that. No, No offense, but why would you not watch? And there's nobody at these soccer games. I'm watching them. People are going to watch. They'll pump in some crowd noise. It'll, it'll be okay. Here's a bit of a hot take for you. I watched very small amounts, mostly highlights of the Major League Baseball games. The pumped in crowd noise was terrible. I hated it, it because it yeah, wasn't I'm not natural. A big fan. Yeah. It just yeah, like with with soccer, like if the game is on television, they pump in the crowd noise. But you can watch on the app. And there's no noise. I've, I've caught myself doing that. Mike says, Madden's getting better at CGI. Fans in the stands, maybe EA Sports can help out with filling the seats. I know they've looked at that. I don't know how real that's going to be, especially when it comes to the NFL, because there are going to be places that will have fans. Not many. Certainly not 100% really anywhere. But there are going to be places that have them. So are you CGIing some places, full stadiums, but others not? The NBA's looked at that. I'm sure the NFL's looked at it. Uh, apparently, next week when the NBA starts, they've got elements that are going to be on the broadcast that they're not telling anybody about that are supposed to be awesome. That's what people around there say. That right. might be part of it. We'll see how that all plays out. I don't. I, I don't. Maybe it's just me. And you know me. You've heard me talk. I'm I'm really a meat and potatoes kind of guy when it comes to this kind of stuff. I just want to watch the game. So once the ball's up in the air and they tip off, you know what, what's happening on, around. I, I don't really care that much. I just want to watch the games happen. Yeah. But being there, there the atmosphere that, won't be as cool. But yeah, I mean, whatever. Right, right. It's just I don't know. I, I, just for me, I, I just want to see the actual athletes going back and forth on the court, on the field, whatever it is. Yeah. I have noticed watching golf because it's really all we have to go by. Because NASCAR is a little bit different. I mean, the cars are loud, and you like there's not one thing that happens in a NASCAR race where the driver turns and like fist pumps to the fans. You know, it doesn't really work like that. 
On the PGA Tour, I have noticed that big putts and big moments, like if they're made, the players don't react the same as if there were a bunch of fans around. But it's also a sport of individuals. Like if there's a big dunk dunk in an NBA game in empty stands, you still got four other guys on the court with you that will react. In golf, it's just you. A little bit different. But I did notice that on the PGA Tour. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's, there's everything is going to take getting used to. Everything. It's just no, nothing is the same right now. So, no, no matter what sport you like, no matter what it is you like about that sport, chances are it's different right now. And that's just something that you, as a fan, are going to have to get used to. And it's the good news is it's just temporary. You know, I don't think anybody at the end of this. When we're all back in the stadiums like normal, we're going to say, you know, I really miss the way they just pump the, the crowd noises and there, there wasn't anybody here. That that was better. I don't think that's going to be the case. These are all just temporary changes, and we'll just sort of move on from that. Jeff is asking for a quick recap of state tickets. Jeff, all we were there, – there's been no announcement uh, from Mississippi State, but there is a, a current executive order in place from the governor that would limit capacities if that order is still in place when there football was a- season begins. There was an announcement, though, about the tickets going mobile. Right, That's yeah, they're mobile only. To. Yeah, you will be able to print at home, but there will be no more tickets mailed out to you or anything like that. And Stephen says... Which is a good thing, because yeah. every year, the people who take the pictures of their tickets, got my tickets, and then the barcodes are right there for anybody <laughs> to steal. I'm glad that that's going away. Stephen says his family uh, chose not to go to the games this year. They got the refund, but they will be able to keep their seats for next year. Yeah, that's a pretty... Uh, Seemingly common occurrence, but, um, yeah, that's a smart thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's what's it's going to be the same way that it was with baseball at State and Ole Miss, that they're going to give everybody plenty of options. You know, so many people have just been like, what's going to happen with my money? They're not going to keep your money. They're going to give it back to you if that's what you want. But at the same time, they're going to provide options where you can just kick it over to next year or do whatever you want. So, it's a good Honestly, question. 2021, I mean, that's a better home schedule for Mississippi State. You've got Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss uh, coming in, and uh, the the Power 5 game, I think it's North Carolina State again, that game is at home. So you know, this the, the even better. number of years are, are not a good home slate for Mississippi State. That's when Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss are all on the road. So, hey, you know, if you don't want to sit at home and watch on TV, you know, let it sl- slide over to next year and not cost you any more money, make some money on that. You get a text here asking how they regulate the decibel level of pumped-in crowd noise. I think in baseball they've mandated a league-wide level. And you've got people at like a control board that, that hit certain buttons for certain plays. So like if the home team has a base hit, like they'll hit the clap button. But there is a – based on what I watched over the weekend, there is like a baseline noise level that's just there to drown out basically the players cussing at each other. Yeah. And, and with soccer, the pumped-in noise isn't heard on the field. It's just pumped through the, the – the, where you hear it on your TV and on your it's, – it's, it's studio noise, basically. It's like a laugh track almost. Like I said, that's why you can't have – they have those options where you can just hear the natural noise of what's going on on the field. Louis says, depending on who the announcers are, I've watched plenty of games with the sound muted. Not having fan noise won't be an issue for him. Yeah, <laughs> based on message boards of people hating on Gary Danielson for all these years, there are quite a few people who just mute the game and watch. So, 
Uh, Randy's asking about concessions. How will that work? Walking vendors, cashless, restrooms, etc. Um, I would be shocked if they're not cashless. Yeah. Just which completely means, shocked. Which probably means the, uh, well, I mean, I guess they could have the, the little mobile things that you stick the credit card in, but I would be surprised if there's people walking through the stands selling stuff. It's going to be a situation where you have to get up and go to the concession stand. I, if I, if, again, that's a guess. But it, doesn't it just make sense that they would want somebody just walking around? You, know, you talk about contact tracing. Yeah. If that guy's positive and he's in every section, I mean, come on. Um, and I expect, I downright expect there to be mask mandates if you're not in your seat. So NASCAR, when they did the All-Star Race in Bristol, they had fans. And that, that was their protocol is you couldn't enter the stadium without a mask on. If you were walking around the stadium, you had to have it on. In your seat, you were good because they spread out the people. They were socially distanced uh, from six feet and beyond. So that's probably a similar model you're going to see in college football, especially if it comes out that the race in Bristol worked and they didn't see any kind of spike in cases as a result. I'm sure there were some spreading because that's how it works. But if there's no dramatic spike, college football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, even if they can start bringing fans back in, are going to look at what NASCAR did, and you're probably likely to see a very similar thing. You can't get you to the stadium think, without a mask, can't walk yeah. around without a mask, in your seat, you can take it off. You would think we'd get some numbers on that in like the next week, wouldn't you? You would but think so, yeah. That, that's when we'll see if there's any sort of spike in that, in that vicinity. Then, yeah, we might be in trouble. But if there's not, that can, that, uh, people will look to that and go, okay, it, it worked there, we can do the same here. And think about it, like if you in the stadium, we're talking about not wearing the mask in your seat. Chances are, who are you sitting by? Your family, you know. Yeah. They're gonna let you know if you if you've got four people that are all together. Chances are, you you guys were in the car together. You didn't socially distance. That's fine. But there will be a gap between you and the next person, and you should be okay. And then, like I said, if you have to go up to the restroom and you go to the concession stand, you need to put the mask back on. That's just it. Feels like common sense. That that's probably exactly what's going to end up happening. Mr. West said there's not going to be school or football or anything until October. He says, watch. Um, if I'm college football right now, I'm if I'm Greg Sankey and I'm the athletic directors, I go to that meeting that they had and then any further discussion down the road, and I say, hey, guys, the NFL is going to start on time. What's the harm in us waiting a few weeks until after they start to model our stuff on their successes and failures from them playing. I mean, our season's going to be shortened anyway. It's not going to look the same. So what's hurting us from pushing our season back to the beginning of October, watching the NFL for three weeks, being in communication with them, learning what worked and what didn't, and adjusting our models for our games? College football being first, I think, might be a mistake. Let the NFL go first. They have more money, of course, and they're too big to fail, but... It's a little bit different when it's college athletes, so you can use them and take what you learn from them to apply to yours without having to go first. Yeah. We've already said that, you know, September 5th's not happening. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. So, yeah, why not? If you're going to delay, delay in such a fashion that it allows you to have a lot of wiggle room. And I think that's going to be the case. And and you're, you're not wrong. Look at the NFL. Wherever they screw up, that's a way you can patch it up and and be better. 
Christian Grenada says, I can tell you for a fact he must have gone to the race that there was enough clear alcohol consumed at Bristol that we killed Corona. <laughs> That's why they should be selling beer at Davis Wade. <laughs> Makes sense. That a boy. We'll get into this brave story next. Getting rid of the chop on sign. Does that mean anything more? We'll discuss next at Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. And all guests appear via the Farm Bureau guest line. Reading from the New York Post, the Tomahawk Chop appears to be headed for retirement. In the midst of reviewing its longtime celebration, the Braves removed a large wooden sign outside Truist Park, that's the new name, that read Chop On, according to The Athletic. The team did not respond to comment. Well, the Braves have already declared they would not follow the footsteps of Washington's NFL franchise and change their nickname. The team said it would look into whether the Tomahawk Chop would still be permitted and encouraged inside of its stadium. The team sent a letter to season ticket holders explaining why it would retain its nickname. Here's what it said. The Atlanta Braves honors, respects, and values the Native American community. As an organization, we have always drawn strength from our diversity and respect for everyone. That will never change. We have had an active and supportive relationship with the Native American community for many years. Last fall, we furthered this relationship and pledged to meet and listen to Native American and tribal leaders from many areas, including the Eastern Band of Cherokees in North Carolina. As a result, we formed a cultural working relationship with the Eastern Band of Cherokees and also formed a Native American working group with a diverse collection of other tribal leaders to collaborate <laughs> on matters related to culture, education, outreach, and recognition in an ongoing basis. Through our conversations, changing the name Braves is not under consideration or deemed necessary. We have a great respect and reverence for our name in the Native American communities that have held meaningful relationships with us do as well. We will always be the Atlanta Braves. End quote. What are your thoughts here? It's It's not surprising on anything. I think the Braves will dig in a little bit to try to keep the name. And and I'm not a Native American, so I don't know, you know, if it's offensive to them or not. I I don't I think they, you know, the old mascot, old Chief Nakahoma was offensive to them, so they got rid of that. Um but for the most part, I, I don't know about this one. Uh but the chop, I mean you could see that coming. You know, you remember last year that it, it they pulled it out of the uh I guess it was the NLDS at that point where, where one of the Cardinals said he found it offensive, so they stopped playing the music. And that's really all they're going to do. I mean, fans are still going to be able to tomahawk chop if they want, but there won't be any you know music playing to get that started anymore is, is all this is really going to lead up to. We get a text that says, take a shot when a corporation says diversity. <laughs> <laughs> if, you get, if you do diversity, uncertain times, and, you know, you know, we we want to give back to our community. You could be dead. You could be dead in like an hour. Cody Tupelo says he's a, a big Braves fan that goes to five to ten games a year, and he will not go anymore due to their stance. The name Braves and Chopper tribute to their culture. I don't. You may have misheard the statement. They are keeping Braves. I mean, they've even spoken with multiple Native American groups, and they determined that Braves is okay. So they're keeping the name. There just won't be a chop anymore. I, to be honest with you, I don't think I'm smart enough to understand why Braves is why the chop is not okay, but Braves is. But I can certainly understand why Redskins was not acceptable, but Braves is. Redskins was a slur. Braves is more of a 
name of um, is it commendation where where you look at it admirably, where where that's Possibly, a, a, yeah. a positive description of a Native American is one that is a brave, a Native American warrior. So maybe there's your distinction. I don't know why the chop is offensive and, and why the name is not, or, or I don't know. I honestly don't know. I've I've tried to find out, but it sounds like the branding braves the name is not going anywhere. Because when you consult with the groups and they tell you it's not a problem, the name's not going anywhere. It's not, yeah. I don't think it is anyway. Now, of course, you know, the Redskins for a long time had the same discussion. Oh, we'll never change the name, never yeah. change the name. Eventually they did. So it just depends, you know. Everything's sort of fluid in, in, in these days, but we'll see. There was always somebody that said that Redskin was a slur, always. I, I have yet to see anybody say that, that Braves is a, a neg- has a negative connotation I think, attached to I it. I think what people are going to put it under, what's that word, you know, like you're co-opting their culture or whatever, something oh, yeah. like that. Appropriation. You, you know, I, I, appropriation, that's the word I'm looking for, yeah. Also, add to the drinking game, we're all in this together. We need a bingo card, Michael. If you like start, we had for the Egg Bowl a couple years ago. Just watch, watch one baseball game when they start on Thursday. That might be actually a yeah. good idea. We'll have to do it for Friday's show because Thursday is the Palmer Home Radiothon, by the way. Tune in, right. 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Donate if you can, but most importantly, help us spread the word Palmer Home Radiothon on Thursday. Uh, but on Friday, we can call it like a baseball broadcast bingo. Three hours, and we'll pick out the words. We're all in this together, that kind of phrase. Any mention of COVID-19 in a commercial, not on the broadcast, things like that. You guys have a lot of fun on a Friday night. Maybe too much fun. All right. The story yeah. we've been teasing for two hours. A Power 5 conference has dozens upon dozens upon dozens of players that are threatening boycott if they don't get a revenue split. We'll give you the details next. It's Sports Talk Mississippi, Hour 3, coming up. Hour 3, Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you on a Monday. Had a lot of fun. Fast first two hours. It's great to be with you. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can. 601-879-4395 is the ceasefire text line. Please don't text and drive. Be a part of the show. Do it safely. And also, all guests, when they do appear, appear. Be at the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. We've been teasing the story for two hours, or I'd say I have, and been irresponsible with my teases. Now we're going to get to it for your college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers and appropriate music for the conference that we're talking about. According to Rudy Carpenter, played quarterback at Arizona State, now does podcast and radio stuff. I think he's a quarterback coach as well. And a series of tweets broke some news about the Pac-12 and something that some players there are doing. According to Rudy, Pac-12 players have created a list of, quote, demands for the universities and the programs themselves and the league to take into consideration. 
if the demands aren't met or addressed or complied with, the players are threatening to sit out the season. There's significant support growing among all 12 teams with 50 or more players on many of them in support of this action or demands list. He continued, The initial idea was to create a players' union. They decided time didn't allow for that and figured the best way to create the change is to boycott the season. Things they are asking for. 50-50 revenue share. Six years of insurance upon graduation. Better COVID-19 testing and protocols and other things of that nature. He said the player-led group is being spearheaded at Cal and they have been holding phone calls with other Pac-12 teams. There is some kind of players-only meeting vote that will be taking place soon. A lot to digest. What's your initial reaction? You know me. You know that I'm in favor of the NIL stuff. I believe the players deserve a a slice of the pie. I don't see why they shouldn't have that. But we may be going a bridge too far here at this point. I mean, it's not even a 50-50 split with the pros, right? So what are we talking about here? I I don't see this one happening. So a handful of things. I am very pro-player getting paid, as you are, from the NIL side. And a few of these things are fine. Like, if you want more COVID testing, I think that's a fine thing to ask for. If you want insurance post-graduation, it's an interesting idea. You kind of lose me here, but if, say, you're a senior and you tear your ACL in your final game, I think it would be appropriate for the school to pay for and cover the surgery and rehabilitation even though you've played your last game and your eligibility has run out. If you alter that idea, I'm okay with that. But six years of of just insurance after graduation, so you're saying if you get the flu and have to go to the doctor five years after you graduate, your school has to pay for it? Get out. Terrible idea. It doesn't make any sense. I mean... Yeah, think about, think about like if you have like you have this job, right? We have health insurance, but if you quit this job, you're not going to, you know, you can't come back in five years and say, "Hey, cover this." It's still covered under my Telesouth health insurance. That's not the case. Doesn't make any sense. Now, you know, said so if you're on your last day of work, somebody slammed a door on your hand and broke your hand, they're going to pay for that because it happened while you were still working there. And what you said, you know, last game. The injury happened on the field. Sure, that's going to get covered, but that's not. But yeah, you've gone. You've, you're just going too far. Th- this is one of those things that, and it's, it's it shows up in a lot of places. It shows up in some of the stuff we're talking about with cancel culture and things like that. There, there are some reasonable suggestions and reasonable concessions to make, and then there are people who want to just go too far. They just want to go so far that it, you you lose people like me. Like, I, you can get me to support you for you wanting to profit off your name, image, and likeness. If you could even find a way that if you, if you want to talk about the schools maybe paying athletes, there's probably a way you could get me to support it if the the, the, the concepts made sense. But then you just come throw something like this out, and I just go, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'm just not interested anymore. So people have got to be careful with the way they argue sometimes. Yeah, this has officially gone too far. And I thought the Pac-12 school, I know they're college kids, and I was really stupid as a college kid. Um, I'm not that much smarter, but I'm smarter than I was then. I thought the Pac-12 schools were supposed to be the smart ones in the Power Five. You got Stanford and Cal are supposed to be great academic institutions, and UCLA, 
I thought they were supposed to be great schools. It, here's a, a little lesson, and they're probably not listening to this, but somebody needs to sit these kids down and say, okay, you want to form a labor union? You want a revenue split? Okay. That now makes you an employee. And guess what happens next? Your tuition's no longer paid for by the school. Your apartment is no longer paid for by the school. Your three meals a day are no longer paid for by the school. And oh, by the way, if you don't play well, we can cut you now. Doesn't matter. You can, if you're a kicker and we lose by two and you miss three field goals, guess what? You're out because you're an employee now and we can yeah. fire you for poor performance. So you want to go down that road, that's fine. But guess what? You're going to get treated like NFL players get traded, who, by the way, don't get a 50-50 revenue split. NFL players do not get a 50-50 revenue split. It's like 48 and a half, but still, who's more valuable? I made this comparison on the podcast this morning. Tell me who's more valuable. Chris Jones, who just signed a big contract, or the entire... California Bears football team. Who's more valuable? Chris Jones. Chris Jones. And he doesn't even get a 50-50 revenue split, nor do his teammates. Who do you think you are? On top of all of that, being an employee and getting your scholarship taken away and uh, having to pay taxes, although NIL you have to pay taxes too, but on top of all of that, if you take a 50-50 revenue split... Maybe you don't care about this, and that's fine. But every other sport goes away. Gone. Bye. See ya. Your girlfriend on the soccer team? Guess what? She doesn't have a scholarship anymore because her sport's just been cut. And your nice facilities? They're not going to get upgraded anymore because they're now running as a business, and you're an employee, and they have to maximize their dollar. See, right now in college athletics, they just keep building stuff because when they make more money, they have to, sh- to pretend like you know they have to spend it all. Alabama just opened up a locker room that no NFL team will ever see. Ever. Alabama players, when they leave their school, go to worse facilities. The Tennessee Titans still practice in a bubble. They don't even have a permanent facility. They're opening up one soon, but they still practice in a bubble. So your facilities go away. Your pampering goes away. And, by the way... And, to be honest, though, we'll be fair... If you told a high school, a college football player, hey, you can have this really super cool practice facility with a waterfall and the pods that turn into beds, whatever, or we can just cut you a check for eight grand, they would take the they'd check. Probably take the money. Yeah, they probably take the money. I, I think I would too. But at the same time, you're correct that these things are tied together. The reason that you know we talked about budgets last week and how Alabama operates at, at a deficit and some of the schools operate at a deficit. The reason they do that is because they have to spend this money. Because if they don't. And they just got a pile of money laying around. People are gonna say, "Well, why can't you give that to the players?" And you've got when you're when you're bringing home fifteen million a year. Yeah. So. And the the most important thing here that they need to realize is what do you think happens to Cal football if you boycott your season? Do, where, I mean, honestly, if you boycott your season, and let's say they eventually give in, what do you think happens to your program if you don't play this year? What, what do you think happens to the TV deal? What do you think happens to your fans, the people that buy tickets, the revenue that's generated? If you boycott the season because you don't get a 50-50 revenue split, what do you think happens to your program? It doesn't exist anymore. And so you, 
you destroyed what you could have used as leverage to get like name, image, and likeness things. Instead, you force this issue, and it, let's say they go through with it and don't play. There's no more football at Cal. You think Cal's going to survive a year without it? You think they're going to care? No. Or the and they're re- going to be. They're, they're, it's not like there's a hundred percent. There's going to be players who just like, well, um, if if they're going to cancel our program because of these idiots, I'll just transfer out. And that'll happen too. Yeah. So, once again, this is a, a, another case of people who who want too much ruining for the people who want a reasonable amount. We get a text that says, "You've got me confused today. I feel like I'm watching CNN and Fox News. We haven't gone political at all today. What are you talking about?" Jesus. Oh, hey, seriously, what are you talking about? People can't be happy. This is a, a huge story potentially in football. Anyway. Stick to sports, he says, while they're talking about sports. More on this. Your text, 601-879-4395. What do you think about this? Is this coming to the SEC? We'll discuss next. Ready for something hilarious? So I, I pulled up that... USA Today report that they do every year with they rank the college athletic departments based on revenue, but they also show what they spent, what they reported in expenses. Yeah. So California is the program that's spearheading this, right? They are 49th in the country in revenue. They made $87 million in the 2018-19 year. They spent $106 million. So not only <laughs> they spent not great. I mean, twenty million dollars more than they brought in, and their players are asking for half of that eighty-seven million. That means that Cal would have to cut sixty million dollars out of their budget to make this work. Sixty million dollars out of their budget to make it work. That's what these kids are asking for. That seems unlikely. I mean, how do you even do the math there? Where do you begin? You don't, well, you don't start. That's where you start. But you would have to cut everything except for football. Everything. Yeah. And have an all-girls band and put them on athletic scholarship. Like, that would be the only way you could make that work and have Title IX happen. That's it. The rest of the Pac-12, Arizona State. How about this? Surprises me. $121 million, 27th in the country. Arizona State only made $3 million. Uh, Arizona made $5 million. Again, again, they're spending. They're spending a lot of money that they wouldn't need to. I mean, in reality, you think about like coaches' salaries. I mean, a few years, you know, five years ago, Mike Leach would have been the highest paid coach. Now he's what, like eighth in the SEC? So, I mean, you know, it's just the the price of, of doing things has gone up without the actual cost of doing things going up, if that makes sense. Teams that are programs that reported losses in the Pac-12. Washington State, a $5 million loss. UCLA, almost a $20 million loss. Oregon State reported a break-even. Oregon, to your point, Oregon reported a million-dollar loss. Yeah. A $4 million loss in Colorado. And Oregon's loss, that's with, you know, 
Nike pumping in yeah. whatever they want, basically. They still lost a little bit of money. But in order to make that work, the point is they would have to change every fabric of the way they operate. Right. So, again, it's just people who are asking for unreasonable things. There, there are reasonable demands college athletes can make. This is not one of them. Yeah, and they made a couple, like more COVID testing. That's fine, yeah. man. I support you. I don't have a problem with that. Um, Kansas State. I, I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with the name, image, likeness stuff. You know, people should be allowed to profit off of their image. I don't have an issue with that. But the idea that we're going to give college athletes, we're going to split forty-five million dollars, fifty million dollars between them. No, that's not going to happen. Mike in Oxford says UCLA had roughly $100 million in revenue last year and $120 million in expenses. They lost $20 million. In the player scenario, yeah. UCLA would have to cut $70 million in expenditures to make this work. I mean, wouldn't that go the other way, too? Think about it. I mean, yeah. I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know. But, hey, we, we, guys, we actually lost $20 million this year, so you guys all have to chip in. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, we get a text here that says, this is what happens when you give a little, talking about NIL, they always want more. I'm about done with sports, period. Too much greed and money. They're amateurs. Well, a couple of things I would say. NIL hasn't happened yet. And some of these guys probably don't even realize it happened. I have a feeling that most of these kids saw negotiations happen like in baseball for example and the NFL kind of had a labor dispute and they think that they can do the same thing that the pro athletes can do and they don't realize that they absolutely do not have that kind of leverage yeah um but you say too much greed and money and I understand why people say that because Patrick Mahomes making half a million dollars because he's a quarterback seems ridiculous but I'm a capitalist and I think you're worth whatever someone's willing to pay you. And Patrick Mahomes generates, he will generate more than that half a million or half a billion dollars if he plays out the length of that contract. He's that valuable. You can market him and make money off of him. But most importantly, maybe I'm not as good of a person as you are, but I will never stop trying to make more money in my life. I'll never stop yeah. trying to make more money. You have to draw, like my employer here has to draw a line somewhere. If I went in right now and said, hey guys, uh, I'm not working another day unless you give me a raise to half a million dollars. I want 500K a year. They'll laugh me out of the room. You can say no, but I will never stop I'll be, asking. I'll be doing the rundown tomorrow if that happens. Yes, yeah, they, they will I'm laugh. Like, all right, what, what do we want the show to be? It'll be all you. Sports Talk Mississippi, it's just Brian Haydad until Thursday. There are so many Michael people Borky that got, wish that Michael that would Borky be the a little case. too full of his britches yesterday. <laughs> He's out of here. But the NIL thing, that's where everybody can draw a line. The players can ask for more all day long, but you can say, no, this, is, this is where it stops. Just like my employer has said, this is where your financial compensation stops. But every few, more than a few months, but every so often... I'm going to ask them for more. Maybe they'll give it to me. Maybe they won't. But it's up to up to them to make that decision. It's up to the leaders in college football to say, um, no, guys, you're not getting 50-50. You can benefit off of your name and image all day long. And guess what? We can't cap that. But we're not doing this. And just draw a line there. But if you're... If you don't like athletes because they want more money, I mean, that's that's what everybody wants, right? 
We all right. want to get paid more. We all want more money. Even if I get rich one day, if I become Colin Cowherd and have a $6 million salary in my next contract negotiation, I'm going to ask for six and a half. Even though six is plenty. 60000 is plenty. But $6 million is plenty. I would still ask for more. We all would do that. Yeah. Yeah, as well you should. You should always try to take care of yourself and get you, get as much as you can. It's just how life works. Augman no, nobody nobody went into work today and was like, you know, I, I could take a pay cut. Now, there are some people who are doing that for public relations reasons. You know, we're seeing that around the country with the athletic departments. But that wasn't just, you know, that, that, that that's you know time of need. Nobody's just sitting there at work going, you know what, I, I could make less. It's cool. Hogman makes a good point. He says one thing about capitalism is your value can go down too. So that's true. Very true. Somebody like you know we've talked about these athletes. Yeah, they're 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 somebody's good player. They're riding high, and then they break an ankle, and all of a sudden it's like ah you know don't need you anymore. You know, same way you can be replaced in the starting lineup, you can be replaced on the uh, the commercials too. Cody in Guntown says, this is the end of college football as we know it. Now, the more money a school can offer the kids, they will flock to it. So now the bigger schools will get players based off money instead of academics. Well, I, Cody, th- this is not Thanks. happening. This will not happen. I promise you that. But, the, but the, can you imagine a world where, like, Alabama and Ohio State dominate recruiting? Wow. Yeah. I don't want to picture that. Um, it already does happen. Uh, but th- this won't. Uh, th- these are... The story here is the fact that they are considering boycotting the season. That's the story. Not so much the proposal, because the proposal is absurd. It's nonsense. It won't happen. It can't happen. Stanford already cut 11 sports, and you're going to tell them that they have to somehow give 50% of their revenue to the football team only? That's not happening. But the, the story is, if they boycott, that becomes a massive deal. And somebody needs to sit them down and tell them what reality is and how valuable they really are, or else the Pac-12 may lose a season, and everybody else will point and laugh. Because I promise you, that's not happening around here. Yeah, that's it. Again, this is this is going to be one of those that everybody just sort of shuffles off. It's not going to go anywhere. It's got no traction. Most people are smart enough to realize this isn't going to happen. And. We've had a few people text in about this is what happens when you give in to name, image, and likeness. Well, again, I'm a capitalist, and name, image, and likeness gives them the best opportunity to make the the most money. And I know some people love the concept of amateurism. Well, that that is ending. But the most important thing is when name, image, and likeness comes, these kind of demands won't happen anymore, in my opinion. Because you will have given them an avenue to make money, and it's all dependent on how marketable they are and how well they play and how hard they work. And the guys that don't have any value that exceeds their scholarship will still get to maintain their scholarships, and it won't ruin the system. Now, some guys will be getting some endorsement deals, but does that really bother you? Because that's the best way to keep the structure. Didn't bother me at all. A few more of your text we'll get to as we move along the afternoon. 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. Back in on Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. 
One listener would like us to get off of our soapboxes. Hey, Dad. We're just naturally this tall. I'm confused. What does he mean, though? I don't know. I'm done trying to justify what we're talking about to people. (laughs) All right? What do you want? We're doing the best we can here, guys. Until this, until you know this week goes by, I, next week it's gonna be like, can y'all quit talking about baseball? Yep. And like, then, oh, I you, hate the NBA. And then, oh, I hate the NFL. What do you want? Speaking of uh, the NFL and its players' association, have come to some kind of agreement. They're not completely done yet, but here's what it's going to look like. Camp is starting this week for some teams. Others, the end of this week or Monday of next week, but. On day one, they're going to get tested for coronavirus when they arrive. Days two and three, they will have to self-isolate without getting tested. Day four, they'll get tested again. And on day five, daily testing begins. So after day four, if they're still negative, they can go to the facility and participate in camp. And they will be tested every single day. So the NFL, like we said earlier in the show, if you were listening, they're full steam ahead. They are going to play and based on the bubble situation that you've seen elsewhere, now the NFL is not creating a bubble, but they're going to do it within their themselves. Everybody made the right call. As I remember, there were calls for the NBA to, to not do the bubble because the cases were rising in Florida. I remember when MLS was going to start their thing also in Florida. Uh, what was it? Two teams had to pull out because they had uh, a lot of positive tests within the two teams, and they were told that they should shut it down. They powered through. Same thing in the NHL. All these people calling for these leagues to shut down. They didn't listen, and now look what we have. A 0.05% positive rate among professional sports leagues right now. 0.05% positive. Uh, They pushed forward. They didn't listen to anybody, and now look. And that's... Everybody is sort of learning from everybody's mistakes as we go here. And it's sort of what you talked about earlier in the show, that college football might want to wait it out and see what the NFL does wrong. Everybody's doing that right now. I think the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12, are they're going to see if the Pac-12 and the Big 10 did wrong by canceling games. Everybody is – nobody wants to be the first, but at the same time you don't want to seem like you're being reactive either. It's everything that has happened since March the 11th has been no-win situations for everybody. You just you just do the best you can with what you know, and so here we are. We all we just we have to wait. We're just sort of hostages to the moment, and whatever happens, happens. Cody and Guntown uh, on what we were discussing earlier um, said the thing that makes college football so great is that they are interviewing for a job. If they are getting paid big money during the interview process, why compete? The competitiveness of college football is what makes it so great. Sure, pay them a flat rate, like a team makes 500 a week or a team makes 300 a week or something those long line, or along those lines maybe, but at the same time, aren't they technically getting paid anyway with scholarships and stuff like that? It's well, a good first question. First off, nobody's, gonna pay, nobody's paying. The universities aren't the ones paying. You have to get that out of your head. Nobody is ever saying that the university should pay the athletes. But there are plenty of college students on full scholarship, on full rides right now academically, but they can go out and make money off of their name, image, and likeness. And that's all people are saying is that the athletes should have the exact same opportunity as the the regular students do. And I personally can't find an argument against that. 
And here's what I'd say. I've said this a lot of times because I, I truly believe this to be true. The amount of money that college athletes would make if given the opportunity to benefit from their name, image, and likeness would not be near as much as people think. I have seen so many places. What's stopping an Alabama booster from throwing $100,000 at every kid all the time? Well, their bank account. There, there's only so much money these people have, and it, it has to be above board, and it would have to be reported, and they still are business people. And they're not going to just sling $100,000 at all these kids unless they get a return on that investment. And like you said, they are getting something. Scholarships are valuable. The room and board is obviously valuable. They get medical care. They, they get food. All of that is worth a lot of money. And there is far more value 99.99% of the time in the school's brand instead of the player. Trevor Lawrence is an anomaly. Zion Williamson is an anomaly. But generally speaking, you're not talking about player college athletes getting $300,000 after they sign with Alabama. It, yeah. No, it, it'll be very small amounts, local advertisements, right. signing an autograph or two, jersey sales, which as we learned, even Johnny Manziel's jersey did not generate all that much money after licensing and stuff. It was like less than 50 k he would have gotten from his jersey sale. It's n- yeah. it's not as much money out there as you think it would be. Very small potatoes compared to their professional counterparts. Think about it in terms of this. You're, you're one of these people who's trying to say, well, they're going to give each athlete, you know, ten grand. Okay, so twenty five athletes in a signing class. So I'm saying that's two hundred fifty k a year. In four years, you're paying out a million bucks. I mean, I, sure, there are some people who could afford that and wouldn't sweat it. But how many of those guys are huge college football fans? Is there somebody in the state of Mississippi that could afford to spend a million dollars every four years on college football athletes? You know, and, and ten grand might, you know, that might be low for some. Some of these four and five star kids, you might have to go forty, fifty, a hundred grand. I mean, no, those that's not happening. It's it's just not. It's just not. I, and I can't I, and I, I can't put it any other way. And as far as like the other side of it is. In some cases, you know, the ten grand might actually—it's already happening. People are already getting money under the table. This yeah. would just be a way to help legitimize some things. And in reality, it might help some schools that you know are. Everybody's playing the game, but some are probably playing it to a lesser extent than others. But now you might have an opportunity to to do it for real and you know be legit about it. Yeah, and we do get a, a question: Where does it stop? I think here's your line right here. This is where everybody yeah. can. It, it and stops w- them getting fifty percent of the profits. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it stops. <laughs> but name, image, and likeness—that that's where everybody. I think it's acceptable to draw the line right there. I do think that college athletes generate more revenue than, in some cases, their compensation allows. So they should be given the opportunity <coughs> to themselves go get more. But draw the line right there. You can benefit off of your own name, image, and likeness. The school does not give you a dime. There's your line right there. Draw it. Boom. Don't cross it. Because a lot of people like to throw out Title IX, and they're like, oh, you know, is the women's basketball player going to make as much as... No, because it's a free market system on that. But if you talk about the university paying, then yes, they would have to pay the volleyball player, the soccer player, what they play, the football player. That's not going to happen. The schools are never going to get involved with paying athletes. And this was all a very long-winded way to say, if you if you see that story, I mean, it, it's fascinating what the Pac-12 is potentially doing with players potentially 
considering boycott if they don't get a 50-50 revenue split. Um, that's not happening. Long-winded way to say it's an interesting story. I mean, good luck to them. The player empowerment movement has been a thing for a little while, and it enacted change at Texas, and uh, Kylan Hill got a lot of praise around here for the state flag, and we had one representative even try to name the, the bill after him, although it was quickly shut down. People are attributing an impact to him. If this is true, those players uh, overstepped their bounds, and yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's not. It's not going to happen. I, I'm. It's a big story because the concept of it is big, but it, this is literally. A, it's a non-story at the same time. If that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. You see, I, just, I sneezed. I had to reach over here. Luckily, I, I I still have, and there's like half a thing of disinfecting wipes still nice. available here. And so if you want that, I will start the bidding at $5,000. But I had to I had to give myself a little wipe down there. I wonder what that guy in, uh, in Tennessee is doing. That, the uh, hand sanitizer guy? That bought the storage unit and filled it up with hand sanitizer? He's opened his own branch of Bath and Body Works. <laughs> so... Have my wife had, came home with some hand sanitizer today. She's like, do you want to take this up there? And I was like, well, I'm going to sell that on eBay. What are you talking about? Have you tried the uh, hand sanitizer that alcohol companies have made? I uh, have not. Although, when I went to see my mom a couple weekends ago, she had some that smelled just like whoop juice. I mean, it was just like putting a bottle of Everclear right underneath your nose. <laughs> I was just like, it could have it doubled as napalm. Yeah, there's like, a... Where did you get this? <laughs> Probably from the... There's a vodka distillery uh, here in Jackson. And that wasn't distilled. That was straight fire. And they're they're selling uh, hand sanitizer, or they were, and you would put it on, and it would smell like vodka. And I just like, are we giving that to kids? I, I mean, it just it felt like we were just putting vodka on our hands. I don't know if and I, I want to touch my kid after. Your hands are all tingly afterwards. It just yeah. soaks right in. Suddenly, I'm feeling pretty good. What the what's yeah. going on here? It's a Parks and Rec episode, right? Where Swanson order they go to this modern yeah. bar and Swanson orders a scotch and a guy like squeezes some soap on his hand and rubs yeah, it yeah. in. This is the wrong way to consume alcohol. <laughs> Can I chisel your aromasphere? Yeah, oh, that's the one. I love it. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.